This is Brain Diet, episode number 64. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, for tuning in. Today, we are talking about confirmation bias. Have you heard that term? It's kind of a term that is a little bit more commonly known, but I wanted to do an episode on it because I think there's a lot to learn from this idea. Confirmation bias is a psychological term, actually. So it's used in psychology. It's probably something that you learned about if you took a psychology class in college. I know I did. It's really fascinating to think about and to observe in yourself and in other people. To define confirmation bias, it is the tendency to search for, interpret, favor, and recall information in a way that confirms or supports one's prior beliefs or values. So essentially what that means is whatever it is that we believe, our brain is going to go to work looking for evidence to prove that it's true. I want to point out that the way that we exist in our minds, the way that we perceive the world is 99% thoughts and probably 1% facts. For example, we don't go around thinking something like, the sky is blue today. Instead, we're thinking a thought like, it's a beautiful day, right? It's a more subjective perception of the day. We don't go around thinking, I am five foot eight. I remember when I was in high school and I first started modeling, I didn't go around thinking I was five foot eight. I went around in high school at the time thinking, oh, maybe I'm a little bit too tall. And then I got into the modeling world and all of a sudden my thoughts were like, oh, I'm way too short. (laughs) I'm way too short to model. (laughs) But I didn't go around thinking about my height all the time. I was always interpreting it. Our brain is so much more full of interpretations than of fact. And this is important for us to note because thoughts are optional. We have to decide what it is we want to think on purpose. We have so many thoughts available to us. Another example is we don't go around thinking, my body has a gravitational pull that is represented by three digits. Instead, we walk around thinking I'm too heavy. I'm too light. Something is wrong with my weight. My weight is a problem, right? Notice the contrast in fact versus thought. Most of our experience is based in thought and not necessarily in fact. And so because of this, we have these optional thoughts that are not facts that our brain is going to work to prove true. So whatever it is that we believe, which is essentially just well-established neural pathways of thought, our brain is going to work to justify why we should continue believing it why we should continue to nurture these neural pathways, why these neural pathways of thought are true and useful. And what our brain is doing when it is going to work to prove our thoughts true is it's trying to build a safe home for us to live in with all of the evidence that it accumulates. The evidence is like the the bricks that you build a home with, right? It's trying to create a safe space 
to have a mindset that is safe to operate by that will keep us alive. So essentially, if we have a belief like I'm too tall, I I think of food storage. Like our brain is constantly accumulating evidence or food storage to prepare us, to keep us safe, to kind of have things available to us in case we need them, right? And so if we have a belief that I'm too tall, it's like our brain is accumulating food storage of canned corn. Now what happens is if we have an entire room of food storage worth of canned corn, and then we find out that we actually need water to survive, that is very threatening. I mean, if you thought about it, if you only had corn, it would probably not be as useful to survival as having water and a variety of different foods, right? And so whenever our brain has evidence accumulated to prove a thought true, and it is threatened that it's wrong, that is threatening, right? It's threatening to our survival. And so our brain desperately wants to be right because of all of this mental food storage that it's accumulated that it believes is helpful for our survival. Now, this can be a really useful perk of having a brain. It's a very important part of our mental function for us to be able to find evidence to prove our thoughts true because again it helps us survive but it can also be a very detrimental part of having a brain because we not only find evidence to prove our beliefs true but we sometimes create evidence to prove them right and so it begs the question what evidence am I creating to prove my beliefs. It makes me think of in Harry Potter when Ron Weasley takes the luck potion right before the Quidditch match. And because he believes so certainly that he is filled with a luck potion, he shows up in the Quidditch game with so much confidence and is just this expert player, even though it was just the placebo effect, even though this luck potion was really just... I don't know what it was. Water? What does Hermione give him? I don't remember. (laughs) But he proves evidence. He creates evidence to prove it true that he has this belief, I've had this luck potion. I now am going to be an amazing Quidditch player. And then what happens is we make up stories to justify evidence against our beliefs so that we still can maintain a belief system. For example, if I believe that I am really good at brushing my teeth, And one morning I go into the bathroom and I put my toothbrush to my mouth and I miss my mouth completely. I would dismiss that as a fluke. I'd be like, wow, that was weird, dumb. But I wouldn't question like, oh, crap, am I I not good at brushing my teeth anymore? I just use that evidence, even though it goes against my belief of being an amazing toothbrusher. (laughs) I dismiss it, right? That's what our brains do. It dismisses evidence that goes against our belief systems. And by the same token... If I believe that a relative is selfish and mean, and this relative gives me a gift on my birthday, I'm going to also dismiss that as a fluke. I'm going to justify that somehow to still support this belief that I have that this relative is selfish and mean. So it's not necessarily true that I'm amazing at brushing my teeth, and it's not necessarily true that a relative is mean and selfish, but my brain is going to go to work making it true to me. That's the purpose of the brain, to prove your beliefs true, whether or not they serve you. If they are well-established patterns of thought, then our brain is going to go to work no matter what they are to prove them true. And confirmation bias also works on a small scale. Like, have you ever learned a new word and all of a sudden you hear that word all the time? 
This isn't because people are just starting to say that word more often. It's because your brain now has a marker on that word, and so it's kind of on the alert for when it picks it up. This is how confirmation bias works. It is looking for evidence to prove true whatever you are perceiving, whatever it is that you are believing, whatever it is that you are focusing on. My best friend in the world, she introduces everybody to me like they are the best person in the world. So before I even say a word to a person that she introduces me, my brain is already prepared to love them. I'm like, oh, she has set this person up to be amazing and one of the best people in the world. So of course, I'm going to love them and I'm going to believe that too. Versus the opposite. Can you imagine if someone said, okay, you're going to meet this person and they're a little bit strange and they're not very nice. And like if they went into it with this description that was more on the negative side, like imagine how you would show up and what it is you would pay attention to in an interaction with a person. This is confirmation bias. Whatever you are told, whatever you believe, your brain will look to prove true as a sort of survival mechanism. It's building that food storage to say, okay, if I believe this, is this going to serve me? Is this going to work for me? Is this going to keep me alive? So why am I talking about this? Why am I teaching you about confirmation bias? Most of us don't realize what it is that we are constantly proving true. This is why it's so important for us to figure out what it is that we believe in the first place. We don't even realize that we have an underlying thought that is driving confirmation bias. So we end up accumulating a lot of suffering for ourselves just because we're constantly focusing subconsciously on things that don't serve us. So if we're constantly accumulating canned corn in our mental food storage, our brain's like, no, we're so prepared. We have a lot of food storage. But when it really comes down to it, That would be miserable if from now until we die, if we could only eat canned corn. That's where we have to become really familiar with what evidence it is that we are accumulating, what beliefs we have that we are going to work to prove true. Someone, for example, might have the belief, I'm not beautiful. And no matter how many people would tell this person otherwise, Someone would still believe this, would still hold on to this belief because it's something that the brain believes to be so true because it can provide all the evidence why it's true, no matter how much evidence there is to the contrary. For some reason, this belief is this deep neural pathway that's for some reason, somewhere along the line, the brain decided this is helpful. This is good if I believe this, if I believe that I'm not beautiful. Or if someone has the belief that I can't lose weight. So then when this person doesn't lose weight or when this person gains weight, they use that as evidence for this belief. And that is all the fuel that they need to just completely give up. As opposed to like the the brushing my teeth example, like say you are going about losing weight and maybe you don't lose weight or you gain a little bit of weight. Imagine if you approach that from more of a, oh, weird, what a strange fluke. Interesting that I haven't lost weight or that I've gained weight but you don't let it question this belief that you could have that I can totally lose weight. I'm totally capable of losing weight. Beliefs are just thoughts that we have thought over and over again and thoughts that we have accumulated a lot of evidence for. So we think it's just reality. We think that what we think is just true. We think it's just true that I'm not beautiful. We think it's just true that I can't lose weight. But like I said, our brain 
thinks so much more in interpretations and so much less in facts. Like if you really broke it down, what it is that you believe versus what is actually factual, you would be shocked at what the vast contrast there would be to what we think to be true versus what is actually true. And what we think to be true is optional. Isn't that the best news? It can be difficult to shift your entire interpretation of reality. If your entire interpretation of reality is based in your own thoughts, it can be difficult to shift that entire perception. It can be painful almost. I just recently finished a book called Just Mercy about a lawyer that was defending a wrongly accused man. Uh, He was accused wrongly of murder and he was put on death row. And so this lawyer looked into this case and it was obviously true that he was wrongly accused. So he worked and put a lot of effort and time into proving this man's innocence And eventually he was able to do it. But what was fascinating is the hometown in which this man lived, the um, wrongly accused man, the town in which he had lived had developed these thoughts about him that were so negative. He is a murderer. He's a terrible person. He's going to, you know, hurt our families, come after our children. Like they had all of these perceptions about him that then once were really put into question once he was completely proved in court by law that he was innocent and wrongly accused and released from death row people in the town still went on believing that he was a murderer that he was a horrible person that he was going to come for them it was incredibly difficult for them to shift their perception of him because their brain had found all of the evidence to prove their current interpretation of him and their current interpretation of reality Shifting the way that you perceive reality, shifting the way that you think about your life and about yourself is really difficult and it can be almost painful. The way that I like to think about it is shifting beliefs is kind of like remodeling a home. The current home that you live in, maybe it's tight, maybe it's small, maybe it's old, maybe it's broken a little bit, but it's familiar It's where you're living and it's where you, you know, the place that you call home. But in order to move to a much more useful space or to create a much more useful and livable space, you have to live through that remodel. You have to live through some dust and you have to live through some inconveniences to get to the other side, to get what is awaiting you that is more useful to you. But that's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable living in dust and living in construction, even though... We know what would await us is a beautifully remodeled home. Our brain likes familiarity better than it likes feeling better. Like, even if this house is small and tight and and doesn't fit our family, even even though that's true, it's familiar. And so somehow our brain's like, no, that's much it's much better to be familiar, even if it's uncomfortable, than it is to feel better. (laughs) So being wrong is really uncomfortable for our brains. Being wrong about what it is that we believe in and having our thoughts come into question is having to live in that remodel. It's really uncomfortable. This is something that I watch even happen with my family. On Sundays, we play games. And every Sunday, there will be some rule of the game that comes into question. And people get heated over it. 
like there's a lot of defensiveness and it, it gets a little bit rough where we're questioning like what is the correct role that we need to play this game by <laughs> and so then people break out their phones and start searching online and then they break out the instructions from deep inside the game box and it becomes this whole thing where people have to prove that they're right about the rule of the game like imagine that if on such a small and menial scale as playing a board game to get defensive about the rule of the game imagine if you have to start to question the beliefs that you have held true for years beliefs that you have found all of the evidence in the world for beliefs like i'm not beautiful or i can't lose weight creating a new belief system is creating a new and more useful living space but it does require quite a shift in who you are it's kind of also like if you were to move from one state to another it's really uncomfortable and you have to make new friends and you have to get to know the surroundings and where the nearest grocery store is it's a complete identity shift that's required for you to move to a more useful space so you have to question are you willing to be wrong about what it is that you believe are you willing to go into the unfamiliar for the sake of feeling better Or are you so committed to believing terrible things about yourself that you're not willing to be uncomfortable, that you're not willing to be wrong? Are you so committed to believing in your lack of capability that you don't want to entertain the idea that you could be capable, that it's possible that you could be capable? Questioning what it is that you believe specifically about you is scary. But I am here to tell you that it is possible. What I do every single day with my clients is shift their belief systems. I take them from that mental, dingy house to a brand new, spacious remodel. And that's not necessarily something I do. I just show them how to do it. And they do it with their own brains and own capabilities, right? (laughs) But this is what coaching is. Is having a coach helps you believe that it's possible to change what it is that you believe that is currently causing you so many problems. I want to tell you it is possible. If you don't believe it's possible, maybe just lean on my belief. Lean on what I see every single day of people changing what it is that they believe about themselves and their capabilities. Changing your belief, it requires asking yourself questions and challenging your brain. When you challenge your brain a little bit, it opens up opportunity for change. I like to think of belief systems as windshields. And whenever we ask a question that's contrary to that belief, or whenever we consciously look for evidence that goes against that belief, it's like putting cracks in that windshield. And the more cracks we put in that windshield, eventually that windshield belief system will collapse and it will leave space for us to replace it with something much more useful. But it does require consistent attention and consistent effort A, in noticing what it is that you believe in the first place, and B, in questioning it. In being able to have a thought like, it's possible that maybe I could believe something different. Maybe that's true. And you can develop your ability to question your beliefs. Right now, you might not even know what it is that you believe, period. But once you find out, and then once you start to question it, you can more develop that ability to question your beliefs before they become so deeply ingrained in you. 
I find that when you become aware of what it is that you believe and the more that you get accustomed to thought work, which is the process that we go through in coaching of changing beliefs, you develop the ability to have this internal pause to where your brain might offer a thought like, oh, I'm not good enough. And this internal pause comes right after that thought and a little maybe sneaks in there. Like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just a thought that isn't necessarily true. Maybe it's possible that I could believe something else. And that voice could be quiet. It could be very small, but it's there. That voice is in within you to be able to question what it is that you believe and decide maybe it's possible for me to believe something different. So question what it is that you want to believe. And if you are committed to doing the work, to living through the remodel of getting there, then go to work proving it true. That's all I have for you this week. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you soon.